Sex game had her ass blowing me up. Sex game had her ass texting me up. Yeah. Whoa. I got the moves. I got the moves. I'm making moves. You gotta move. You gotta move. She made that back move. Damn. She made the titties move. Damn. I made the city move. Like whoa. I made the city move. I got the moves. I got the moves. I got the moves. I'm making moves. I'm making moves. You gotta move. You gotta. She made that back move. Damn. She made the titties move. Goddamn. I made the city move. Oh. I do. I make the city move. I do. Look, give me the ball and I won't have to pass it. I ain't passing out till I'm asthma tech. Wow. I take a play and then I back to back a hit after hit. Check the batting average. Check. I take the work, flip it acrobatic. Got a little time and a lot of talent. Do a little talking and a lot of action. Seen the competition. What up? What up? What is up, everybody? It's the usual crew. It's the usual suspects. It's your boy Beach. It's your boy Bill. And once again, it is chaos on the rocks. Hope everyone's having a fantastic Friday. Um, as usual, you've made it to the end of the week. Um, and as a reward, you don't have to go to work on Monday. I'm giving you a Monday off. I have to go to work on Monday. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. What's going on? A lot, of people I know, a lot of people I know don't have Monday off, actually. That's unfortunate. Conspiracies. Remember, remember as a kid when it was always, oh yeah, we get the you know second Monday of October off. Um, you know, oh what? Why? Because uh, Christopher Columbus. Nowadays, it's oh, it's Indigenous Peoples Day. Now, how about how about I call it whatever I want to call it? If you want to observe Indigenous Peoples Day, go right ahead. I'm going to stick to calling it Christopher Columbus Day because that's how I was raised. And that's the holiday that I, you know, I don't want to say celebrated. It was just a, just an excuse not to have to go to school on a Monday, you know. But, hey, anyways, whatever. It, it, it always coincides with my birthday, you know. I always seem to get a, a long weekend just, just shortly after my birthday, you know. So here we, we are. We take this. We take that all the time. So, um but anyways, this is episode number 20 of the Chaos on the Rocks podcast. There are no rules. There are no regulations. Just a couple of dudes talking about whatever their hearts desire. Um, we got some interesting stuff to get to tonight. Um, but as always, you know, we're going to uh, we're going to kick things off um, a little bit different today. We're going to lead off. With the chaos on the rocks, fantasy football blitz. All right, Bill. Uh, week number four is officially in the books. Um, I'll lead off for. I'll lead off tonight. You've uh, you've let off for us the last couple of weeks. Uh, th- there will be no undefeated season. Uh, there will be. There will be no undefeated season. Um, no. I lost one forty-one to one eighteen. Um, the worst part about it, Logan Thomas, my tight end for the Washington football team got hurt on literally the first play of the game. Yep. Me too. I have him in one of my leagues. Um, and I had Jared cook 
the tight end for the Los Angeles Chargers on my bench with 19 points. Now, I'm no math whiz here, but 141 minus 118 equals a 23-point spread, right? I think, yeah. I just did the well, quick math. What yeah, were the 20, numbers again? 141. 141 to 118. 23, yeah. So I still would have lost it looks like even if i played jared cook right because it would have it would have been uh a four point swing there but Mm -hmm. it's still a little bit closer i mean i lost by 20 plus that's that's not a good that's not a good setback but anyways that being said um the undefeated season is off the table um i am now in a three-way tie for first in uh my division three teams are at three and one two are uh one is at two and two one is at one and three and one is oh and four um the other division very jam-packed two teams at three and one two teams at two and two and two teams at one and three um that is in that one league there uh my second espn league I lost by 15 points, and this was my own goddamn doing, my own doing. Um, I had a couple of bodies that I could have slid into the lineup. Uh, again, I had Jared Cook on my bench. Um, I could have put him into a, into a flex position at uh, with, for 19 points. Would have given me a win. Um, Over I also, who, though? That's the question. You can't fan. You can't. You can't uh, retrospect in fantasy. I also could have simply taken Julio Jones out of my lineup, who I knew wasn't playing on Sunday, but I just had an absolute brain fart on Sunday morning and just forgot to take him out of my lineup until it was too late. That's why I'm so aggravated. So instead of sitting at two and two, which I very well could be sitting at two and two in this league, I am now in last at one and three. Oof. I am pissed. Um, looking ahead at my matchup for this coming week. Um, real quick here before we throw it over to you. Oh, would you look at that? I'm projected to lose again. Um, so, yeah, unless I can put some, uh, find some magic beans or something like that, I could be one and four in this this one league. On the other hand, I'm projected to win in the uh, league that I got off to a hot start with. So it looks like I'm going to bounce back, hopefully. Um, again, a lot can change, you know, or a lot potentially will change between now and Sunday. Um, but, yeah, leaving Julio Jones in in my one league absolutely freaking lit a fire under my ass, and I'm fucking pissed. How, how would you do this weekend? So, overall, I went three and one. Um, I'm – should be two and two, but I'm three and one, and we take those. So my Yahoo League, pretty easy win. I won like 130 to 77. The kid that I played against, 0 and 4, stinks. Not a great team. You know, no no real monsters on his squad. Read my, my squad is just full of monsters. Um, I did have David Montgomery, so uh, I do wish him a speedy recovery because I need him. Him and Austin Eckler were running the league. They were doing so well as my one and two running backs. I also have Tyreek Hill on that team, CeeDee Lamb on that team. Yeah, CeeDee didn't have himself a, a good Sunday. 
No, he did not. But I also have Kyler on that team too. So that's a pretty good squad. You know, my and my tight end in that league was actually Logan Thomas. That was uh, uh that's my that now hurt. biggest that's my now biggest problem. Is there's no other good tight ends really on the market right now. Could go for a Cameron Break, could go for someone like that. You know, maybe I can try and find a Mike Gasecki if he's uh, deep in the waiver wires, but I don't really know where I'm looking. I'm not really looking to trade for a tight end either because unless it's Waller, Kelsey, or you know maybe Goddard, I don't really want any of them. Or Gronk. Gronk's well, had Gronk's, himself a Gronk's hurt. Oh, well, yeah, for right now. I, I would expect to see him back on Sunday. Yeah. That's, that's what I've heard. But then scrolling through my fantasy leagues on ESPN, I won one match, 150.5 to 127.7. So big win for the boys there. Puts us at two and two. Um in my other league, I won 110 to 107. Uh, if Justin Herbert had thrown just a little bit more, maybe uh, maybe had one more call go his way or something. Or one yeah, more completion, something be, like that. Yeah, would have probably uh, not done too well because I'm streaming quarterbacks in that league, and the quarterback I started this week was Kirk Cousins, who got a whopping 10 points. Yeah, that was a, that was a garbage, garbage game between the Browns and the Vikings. Yes. So um, that I beat an O, I beat the O and four team though. So I, I now sit at two and two in that league as well, which is nice. And then we go to my last league that I lost in, and it was a shit fest. My team did not even break 100 points. Mm. And I went against a uh, friend of the pod, Kyle Flanagan, and his squad. Oh, uh, you laid an egg against Flanny? His squad put up. 156. My team didn't even break 100. I thought I had it bad by losing by losing by 20. In, no, you didn't you know, lose by over first, 50. You, you did lost, not lose by over 50. <laughs> you got 50 piece, fam? Dude, that's not fun. Like 55 piece at that point, too. Yeah, so that happened. Um, you know, the thing about this league, too, is people keep telling me, well, Bill, you need to make moves. Here's the thing about this league. We don't have kickers. We don't have defenses. So everyone's team is good or not good, yeah. but but spread out. Competitive. My, my my two best guys. Josh Allen. Oh, sorry. That's not right. Sorry. My two best guys, Jalen Hurts. Jonathan Taylor. That's it. The rest of my squad is pretty trash. I mean, I, I have I have Clyde, CEH, who had a pretty good game. I, I can't complain. Clyde yeah, he was a on really my fucking slow bench. start. Really slow start to the year. But then I had Keenan Allen, seven points. Pittman, eight points. Hawkinson, six points. All those dudes have been doing pretty well. Uh, Melvin Gordon, seven points. Again, had been doing pretty well. And then the stinker of the stinkiest. I want to talk to this man personally and say you and your team fucking suck right now. And that is miles Gaskin. You fucking stink right now. Not even a single point, point three points. You know how many carries this man got in the game? Two. Two. Wow. I got that right in the head. Wow. He is still. The, the the top running back on that team. They just the Dolphins abandoned the run game. Dude, the Dolphins blow. The Dolphins stink again. Dolphins stunk for a really long time. Got pretty decent in the last two years, and now just stink again. 
absolute stinker right now. So, Miles Gaskin, you and the Miami Dolphins need to figure it the fuck out because I, it's don't disappointing. Hold, don't, hold and your, then, don't hold your breath, dude. And then I don't break 100, right? But there's only four other teams in this league out of 12 that broke 100. And I had the highest scoring. I was the closest to 100 out of seven other teams in our league. So how are you going to tell me I'm one in three because of shitty matchups? I've looked back at my records. I look back at the records, look back at the previous matchups. On average, each week, I'd beat 70% of the teams in my league. I have the highest points for the third lowest points. Or I'm sorry. I have the highest points against the third lowest points for, which isn't great. But looking back at other previous matchups, I just got the shit end of the stick. So I, I need to figure it out. And people, again, are saying, oh, Bill, make a trade, make a trade. Yeah. What am I going to offer? I'm going to offer some the dude that has Dalvin Cook, what, Clyde and fucking Keenan Allen, then I don't have a starting wide receiver. Then my next best wide receiver on my team is my, is fucking Pittman. Like, yeah, it just makes no sense. You, you can't tell me when all the guys in the league just have one or two good players on their team. Everybody has a good quarterback, too. That's the other problem. Everybody has good quarterbacks. So, you know, you're going to sit here and say, oh, Bill, you got to make moves. I can't make moves. It's physically impossible because nobody is willing to trade their top guys. I got the moves. I got the moves. Oh, I make oh. the money moves. Oh, oh. yeah. So that's where I'm at right now. Very frustrated. Um, the only the only good thing I will say, or excuse me, the only other good thing that I will say that came out of Sunday was one a little bit of moolah too, thanks to a nice little four teamer parlay. So um, we we like winning money on football Sundays. So that we do. Uh, so that's that's good. But don't um, even get me started about my pick them though. Dead last right now out of eighty two teams. Dude, I got knocked out of Survivor Pool thanks to the fucking Saints. I took the Saints. It's their first game at home at the Superdome since in, in over a month after or after a month of being on the fucking road because of the goddamn hurricane. They're playing the Giants. The Giants fucking blow. Oh, no, we're going to go to overtime and we're going to lose after they come up here to New England last week and fucking blow the doors. Off, their offense was blowing doors off of the Pats. So now I have to now I have to buy back into the fucking to uh, to Survivor Week, and of course it's the last week, so it's an extra it's an extra ten bucks. Uh, and if that was bizarre land this year, I'm telling good, you. The only good thing I will say about it is there was like eighteen people that got knocked out. So if all eighteen of us buy back in, um. Well, 18 times 30, you got to do a quick minute. That's an extra 540 bucks in the pot, and the pot's already up to like 2,500 bucks. It's absurd. But I mean, the last three weeks, I, I went, my fir- the first three weeks, I went fine. I had San Fran week one. Um, where the hell did I take week two? Um, forget who I took week two. Last week, I, or Denver was week two. Last week, I took the Titans. And then this week, it was it was the Saints. Like, okay, uh, four for four. I won't have to worry about, you know, I have to worry about buying back in the first four weeks. But, oh, no, fucking Jameis Winston has to suck it. You know, 
Sean Payton had no idea what he was doing in that game. Watching some of his play calls were atrocious. Like simple, simple enough. They have fourth down and two at like the 48 yard line with like a minute and a half left. Yeah. Well, let's run a screen out to the right, to the right side of the line. Defense is set heavy left. So that's where they're loaded up. And the Giants found a way to shut down Alvin Kamara for the most part. So they, they clearly watched the film from, from the week before against the Pats and, and found out what the Pats weren't doing. But whatever. So it was an aggravating week. And like you said, the, the football, the first four weeks of the season has been whack. I mean, finally going to get a decent Thursday night game. Or we got a decent Thursday night game last night, I should say. The Seahawks and uh, Seahawks and Rams last night, good ball game. NFC West divisional matchup. Can we talk about the fact that there were three teams in that division that are undefeated. That's this a good football. That's a good division. So, you know, but anyway, we're moving along. That's enough of our banter uh, about football. You can listen to us bitch about that at least once a week. That's that's something we're good for. Um. We'll uh we'll stay on the subject of football a lot. Uh, last week as well, um, the NFL announced the halftime show for Super Bowl Fifty Six. It'll be featured out in Las Vegas at the brand spanking new SoFi Stadium. Which on Monday night apparently uh, there was a weather delay uh, because of lightning. You're playing in a fucking dome or roofed stadium. How do you have a weather delay? Like, explain that to me. I I cannot. Um, but anyway, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick or Kendrick Lamar will be the headliners for the Super Bowl halftime show scheduled for September uh, Sunday, February thirteenth. Uh, as I already mentioned, at SoFi Stadium. Uh, Dr. Dre said in a statement, the opportunity to perform at the Super Bowl halftime show and to do it in my own backyard will be one of the biggest thrills of my career. I'm grateful to Jay-Z, Rock Nation, the NFL, and Pepsi, as well as Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick for joining me in what will be an unforgettable cultural moment. Um, I think this is going to be a pretty cool show, first and foremost. It's about, yeah, honestly, it's about time. The, the past few Super Bowl shows have, have been kind of stinkers. Uh, this this sounds fucking phenomenal. Like, I usually, that's usually the time where you go back, you get your extra slice of pizza, you get your beer, you probably talk to the you know few people that you're there with. You know, that, that, to me, the, the, recently the halftime show has been the uh, piss break. Yep. But... This one, the, this oh, what do we got? You know, what do we got good. coming out for food in the second half? You know, there's the first half mainly like just apps and snacks, and in the second half you bring out, you know, like the heavy stuff. You know, you bring out your your pizzas, you bring out your sandwiches or whatever, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, that's gonna be um, that's gonna be a great show. Um, Forty three Grammys. 19 number one billboard albums and five epic hit makers. One stage for the Super Bowl 56 halftime show. Um, if you had to pick one of these guys, you're most or one of these artists you're most interested in seeing, and who would it be? Probably 
Kendrick, honestly. Out of the out of the five, he's probably the one I listen to the most and still pretty consistently. I'd I'd have to go with I'd have to go with uh with Eminem. I'm big uh, I I've always liked Eminem. Just and, it, and people are all, oh, of course you like Eminem. You're 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 a basic white boy. It's just no the the style and the way that he's able to find words to rhyme with things that you would have absolutely zero recognition of or zero understanding of how to do it and the way he's able to do it is by just pronouncing things on different or putting emphasis on different syllables um but yeah so eminem is definitely the one that i'm looking forward to seeing there um so bill my question to you is what is your favorite halftime show at the super bowl been uh in your lifetime trying to like remember all of them. Do you have? Do you have a favorite? Um, I was very young um, when it happened, but I've gone back and watched it. Um, the U two Super Bowl performance. Oh, that one was good, actually. That was a pretty good one. Um, the Katy Perry one. Uh, at the University of Phoenix Stadium with the left and right shark. That was a pretty funny one. Um, trying to think of, trying to think of some of the other ones. Uh, the Who. That was another good one. February, uh, two thousand ten, in Miami. Um, that was a pretty good one. Uh, the Black Eyed Peas were two thousand eleven. Uh, Madonna one. Eh. Prince has also been regarded as a pretty good one as well. Yeah, the Prince one was pretty good, but I'd still put uh, the U2 one up there at the top of the list for me. Um, what were your thoughts on the Coldplay one at Super Bowl 50 out, out in uh, San Francisco? I'll be honest, that whole Super Bowl was so forgettable. Yeah. I, I, I think just the football game, has really put a lack on the show. I don't even, I genuinely don't even remember it. I honestly didn't know Coldplay was in between Katy Perry. I honestly didn't even know Lady Gaga did it either uh, between Katy Perry and Justin Timberlake. But yeah, I, uh, well, Shakira I mean, and JLo were last year or two years ago, I should say. No, at this point. Again, I, I feel like I don't even remember that one either. Really? There was a lot no. going on in that one. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, like I said, I'll, I'll put you two up at the top just because of all the instances that led up to it that year, um, you know, with the terrorist attacks and all that stuff. And I've always, I've always liked you two. Um, I mean, also you can't forget, right. Uh, 2004. Janet Jackson and uh, Justin Timberlake at uh, down in Houston. I didn't even know that Shania Twain performed at the Super Bowl in 2003. Didn't know that. I'm going to have to go back and watch and see uh, see what that's that performance is like because I had no clue. Man, I feel like a woman up, just a girl. And message in a bottle with Sting. Oh, Sting was involved in that as well. Okay, that's interesting. 
Oh, no doubt. Whoa, that's a whack one. Shania Twain, no doubt, and Sting. That's wild. I know it's not the wrestler Sting, but no, I like the wrestler Sting. <laughs> so, um, so Bill, out of this list, what, uh, what, what would, which one would you choose? Honestly, I think I'm going to go with the Katy Perry one. Uh, Katy Perry, the left and right I... shark. Yeah, exactly. It was just funny. That one was that was funny and good. I thought I like Katy Perry too. You know, 2015. Uh, I say that Dark Horse was like my song of the year for that year. So, you know, I I have to go with Katy Perry on that one. Um. Yeah. Well, that's a good choice. So, keep trudging along here. Um. Bill. Uh. You wanted to uh, you wanted to talk about some sort of game. Oh, it's not just some sort of game. Well, you'll have to you'll have to explain it to me here because I have no clue what uh, what any of this is. But I've seen it circulating on on social media the last couple of days. I, I really do sound like the old man yells at cloud here um, with this. You know, uh, yes. having no clue. So uh, take it away. Talk talk to us about Squid Games. Yes. So for those of you who do not know what Squid Games is, it is the newest hot hit TV show on Netflix. So uh, it is a Korean show. Uh, If you were to watch it, you can either watch it uh, subtitled or dubbed in English. Your choice. Personally, I watched it dubbed in English. Um, I thought the the voice actors were actually all pretty good. Uh, I have not finished it yet myself, so I'm not going to sit here and act like I saw the whole thing. However, I've seen six episodes. I think there's nine in the season, each about an hour long. So uh, what it is, is it is a uh, essentially game designed for people who are down on their luck and need money as a way for them to win a lot of money. And the beginning sequence of the show is very good, um, you know, kind of just going over like the background of what is the game? How is it played? Uh, you know, who plays it? This and that. You get a good background of like all the main characters, essentially. So what happens in the squid games is that, sorry, I got dogs. Is it Snoop Snoop Dogg? I wish it was. They're Uh, they're, they're going after each other, huh? I know. They always do. I don't even remember where I left off. That just really threw off my rhythm. Uh. Uh, was it was it not you you were talking about the purpose of squid games yes so uh essentially what the what they are they don't necessarily i don't know if they ever call them the squid games themselves but um there are these like masked figures that represent you know like a leadership they have circles triangles squares on their faces so the circles are outranked by the triangles or outranked by the squares outranked by the games master the games master has the coolest mascot of them all too by the way so essentially it kind of just follows like five or six main characters, you know, but what, what the squid games are is it tells the contestants that like the game is ready to start, right. When they're in like the, the loading area, essentially like where they're kept, where they, you know, stay, where they sleep, where they uh, eat all this stuff, where they go to the bathroom, that too. Uh, and the first episode is kind of the most memed on one right now. Like you're seeing it all over the place. It's like an animatronic young looking girl. 
uh, and she sings like a Korean theme song or like a Korean song. And then she turns around. I don't really want to give too much spoilers of it because uh, essentially uh, the games that you play are for the highest stakes of them all your life. Um, I, I have seen it described as Korean saw and all of the games are essentially like kids games. They're, the thing about the games is they're not hard necessarily. They're all games that people have played as children. They, and uh, I guess that's kind of a spoiler because, but they do, they do find that out in the second episode. So I guess it's, and, 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 and it's, it's pretty obvious. It's, it's portrayed that way too. So, you know, and every time someone gets eliminated, it, this is a pretty funny thing. There's a big piggy bank that hangs above where they sleep and it gets lit up at night and has all cash in it. So every time somebody's eliminated from the game, cash gets piled into it. So it's kind of just like triggering something in their brain, like, ooh, money gets added when people lose. So there's a lot of like drama with making people, forcing people to lose, or you know, a lot of drama with this and that. It's it's a really, really, really good show. I, I would highly recommend it to anybody that wanted to watch it. Uh, you know, if you're into saw, it is graphic. I will warn you that it is graphic. Like there's just some instances where they just fucking kill the motherfucker right in your face. No, no cut, no pan, no attempt to move away from the action. It's just right in your fucking face. Uh, which I think is awesome. I love gory shit like that. Like I love the saw movies. I'm not a big horror movie guy, but I love saw. I love the franchise saw up to like saw four. So once, once jigsaw dies, See, the series gets weird but and my only reason for anybody who's wondering about that is because jigsaw's philosophy was every game was fair everybody could win every game after saw four almost every game was like impossible to win but again i digress so uh one of the things that got me thinking about after watching squid games is like what would be a game that you played as a kid that you would be confident you could win for your life are we talking like just general games or like schoolyard type schoolyard games. Yeah. So like, so like one of them, like ha- like one of them happens like in like a oversized playground or like one of them happens like in a field, you know, like a simulated field. So like things like that. Um, if I had to, t- you know, if I had to say one, I'd say dodgeball. Does, does that qualify? Or is that like more of like a gym class type activity? Like a sport almost, not like a game. So tug of war is one of the games. Okay. So, so I now, think okay. that I would now, give now, you, I think I, I would give you dodgeball. Okay. Okay. Because I was growing up, I was always, I was the biggest kid growing up in my class um just to give you an idea eighth grade i was six foot one yeah so um i was huge as a kid growing up so you peaked in eighth grade then no i grew i grew a little bit more in high school because i'm currently six five no there you go um but I was I was always the one kid that was usually picked first because whoever the two captains were for dodgeball didn't want to face me. 
just because obviously when you're that much bigger than everybody else in your class or in your grade, you can use that to your advantage. And that was back when you could still use the, like the legitimate red rubber dodgeball. Oh, I would hurt kids. So wouldn't you be an easy target though? Cause you're so big. No, I was, I was actually really good at being able to get away from, you know, being targeted. I would always hold on to one ball and have, a ball in my possession, you know, deflect and, you know, block things. I was always good with like the hand-eye coordination type stuff and dealing with that. So, um, yeah, I would, I would definitely say, um, I would definitely say dodgeball. I think that I would probably say something like paper football. Okay. I think I was a pretty was good paper that? football player. I thought I was a pretty good paper football player. I played a lot of well, I played a lot okay. during my days, you know. A lot of uh, you know, just finding a random sheet of paper, folding it into a triangle, you know, putting a little piece of tape on it. Or if you folded it the right way, it would keep itself if you folded it the right way. And uh, you just nudge your buddy to the left of you or right of you. You can just put the paper football down, and they instinctively put the goalpost up. Yeah. It definitely um it was definitely a way to kill time when, when you're, you know, you're bored in class, you got, or you got like five minutes left at the end of the day, just waiting for that bell to ring to go home and grab a juice box out of the fridge and a, and a snack out of the cabinet and, you know, maybe sit down and watch cartoons or something like that. And it's a good way to kill five minutes or kill or wrap up the end of your day. So yeah, that's just, that's a good choice. That's uh, that's that's a good choice there, Paul. I might uh, I might have to turn around and watch uh, watch the Squid Games and uh, and give you my take on it too. We'll check back in on that next week and see where I'm at on that. For sure, I I would definitely say the first episode's a little slow just because it's a lot of background stuff. But episode two, it picks right up. Yeah, I feel like so my thing right when you sit down to watch a show, and I'll say this to anybody: if you're gonna sit down and watch a show and you don't like it. I always, like in baseball, three strikes, you're out. I give you to the, fir- the first three episodes of a, se- of a show. And if I get to the end of the third, the third one, and it hasn't piqued my interest at all, like there's not a single storyline, there's not a single character, there's not a single plot or anything that's happened in the show. If, there, if there's zero, zilch, not a... D- it's it's done and over with, but I mean, you gotta at least give it more than one try. So I'll, I'll definitely, uh, yeah, I'll, like I said, I'll uh, I'll check it out. So, um, all right, we got a couple more things we want to get to here. Um, where do you want to go first, Bill? Weird animal story, or an ancient animal story? Let's go weird. Weird. All right. So for this story, we got to go to Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, This story dates to Monday, so it's recent. A North Dakota man said he has removed about 42 gallons of walnuts from his pickup truck. 
after a squirrel apparently chose the vehicle as its winter storage area. Bill Fisher of Fargo said he has repeatedly spotted the red squirrel climbing on his Chevy Avalanche while it was parked outside of his home. He discovered the small animal was filling the vehicle with a large amount of walnuts from his tree in his yard. Um, a lot of places in the radiator fan all the way through to the cor- uh, that corner have been covered with walnuts. Um, he said he was planning on camping in the vehicle for the winter. He said the walnuts are the work of a single squirrel. Bill said he removed about 42 gallons of walnuts from various locations in and on his truck. But there are some that he can't reach. So this man is still riding around downtown Fargo, North Dakota. And he's hearing fucking walnuts rattling around all in his truck. I have some rolling around the frame, uh, frame rail, frame rail wells as well that he can't get at. I mean, there's a picture that goes along with it, and he has four five-gallon buckets sitting right in front of his, uh, right in front of his, right in front of his truck. Now, four or five-gallon buckets, if you can do your quick math, that's only 20 gallons of walnuts. There's still four other buckets and then some that he hasn't, that, that's not displayed. So my question to you here, Bill, do you have any weird car stories involving animals? So my weirdest car story involving animals comes uh, probably around the same time of year, actually, as uh, this one, as you know, this was posted on October 4th. I go in and I bring my car uh, to get an oil change, probably, probably late October, early November. And I've always seen a little brown mouse on like my tire wheel while running into like the stone wall that used oh, to be. Oh, here we my... go again with the mice. Yep. I... It is. It's always the fucking mice. Here we go it again with the mice. Always the fucking mice. So I always see this little brown mouse and I'm always thinking. I'm always thinking that, you know, where's where's this little dude doing? What's that little dude doing? Why is he always near my car? Why is he always running away from my car? You know, especially when I get in the start in the morning. And, you know, I really don't think anything of it because, you know, I'm just going to work. I'm not, you know, I'm not really caring what that mouse does. He's just a little boy in nature, whatever. That was before I hate mice. You know, me and me and the mice have always, I guess, had it out for each other. I go and get my oil change probably sometime later in the week. And my mechanic is like, hey, Bill, I'm going to need you to uh, come come check this out. I'm like, oh, I'm just getting an oil change. Why are you why are you telling me I need to come out of the uh, the waiting room and come check out my car? Pulls out my air filter. Huge mice nest in my air filter. It was disgusting. It was disgusting. It was so gross. He was like, so, uh, yeah, that's a thing. I guess it's more common than you think, though. He told me that the yeah. best way to, to prevent it is peppermint oil. So, so to put a little peppermint oil on, like, your tires and, like, 
rub it like around your car, like in your near your air filter, stuff like that. It'll make your car smell really good too, I guess. But I guess mice don't like peppermint oil. Huh. So yeah, that's my weirdest car story involving animals. This the mice have always been out to get me, man. It's it, it's just a tale as old as time at this point. Wow. That uh that's something. Um I, I'm trying to think. I, I personally don't have any like wacky stories, but one of my buddies when I was up at up at school in Canada, um he had a pretty interesting one. Um it was like middle November, so oddly enough, kind of around the same time as yours. Um you'd come back from a football practice and you know he's unloading some of his stuff out of the back of his trunk and I guess something got stuck like in between the hatch and the latch. Like it might have must have been like a jersey or a pair of pants, sweatpants, something like that. So his trunk didn't shut all the way and he wasn't parked in a garage or anything like that. So the next morning he goes out to his car and notices that his trunk is, you know, slightly more open than it should have been. So he goes to shut it, you know, no, no issues at the time. He drive, he's driving off. He's, he's on his way. He's on his way to school for a class. And all of a sudden you can hear. In the, in the trunk of his car. And he's like, he's like, what the? So he finally, he gets to campus and he parks in the lot right next to the dorm. He's like, dude, can you, can you come out here for a second? I, I something weird going on with my car. I, I want to check it out. And so he, at the time he didn't really know what the hell was going on. So I go out, taking a look at it, whatever. And he got there and he parked and all of a sudden there was no noise. So he gets out, whatever, he's looking around, you know, he, he, uh, he popped the hood. He's looking at things inside and nothing there. So I'm like, is it your wheels? Whatever. He's like, oh, I have no idea, blah, blah, blah. So finally, I'm like, Do pop your trunk. And now up on PEI, they have foxes. Little red foxes. And these things, they're not shy. They're not your average fox. So they don't they don't like to go near people. They don't like to, you know, this, that, the other thing. I remember one time specifically we were at practice and we had a fox chill in the corner of the end zone for 45 minutes. We could run a play. It would just get up, move away 10 feet, come back, land in the same spot when we leave. It just it just happened to like this particular spot. So my buddy got home from practice. Trunk was slightly open. Next thing you know, he wakes up the next morning, and a little red fox decides to climb into his trunk overnight, wrap himself up in a pair of the pair of sweatpants that were stuck or the whatever was stuck in the in the trunk, and he he, he just chilled and he, that's where he slept that night. And he was all the way there. Finally, we we just opened the trunk and just whacked on the side of the. Walked on the side of the car and finally he jumped out and got it and took off. It was uh 
It was something. It was uh, it was certainly something to look at. Um, but again, it's it's good to see that the mice have long had a uh, have long had a battle out with you, man. They always try and get the upper hand, but they never can. Humanity wins every time. Fuck your little nests in my air filter. That's so interesting, though, because I my only experiences with the fox, though, is, you know, for them to be very skittish or run away and, you know, not want to can be confrontal to humans. So it's very interesting to see that they're not. Shy. Yeah, dude, these things, these things didn't give a fuck. They Take didn't care. One. No, they, they, they don't like they don't let you get that close. But like they'll sit around, they'll chill out, they'll hang out, you know. Like I said, we had one chill at our practice for like 45 minutes. It just, it didn't give a shit. So, um, yeah, if you ever want to see some cool, some cool little foxes go up to PEI worth, worth a trip up there. Um, so, all right, Bill, well, we talked about it last week too, and I thought it would be interesting to kind of just carry over, um, some of the conversation that we had. We talked about some of our favorite fall activities and stuff to do. So, I found a list of 10 questions. We're going to go rapid fire. We're going to go 10 to one and just blurt out the first thing that you, that you, uh, that you could think of when I, when I read these off, you go first and then you'll turn around and ask me this, the questions and I'll give you my answer. I'm After. ready. All right. I'm so ready. We'll, we'll start at number 10 all right. favorite all time thing about fall. The leaves changing colors. Your favorite thing to eat on Thanksgiving? Turkey with cranberry sauce. Favorite Halloween costume you've ever worn is? When I was 12, I was The Undertaker. Okay. I like that one. Uh, Favorite thing to watch in the fall? Football. Favorite fall drink? Apple cider. Favorite thing to listen to in the fall? Leaves rustling. Favorite way to spend a weekend? Um, at a fair. I feel like fairs are pretty common in the fall. I hit the uh, went to the Deerfield Fair last weekend for the first time. I went to the that place last weekend. That place is massive. Yeah, Deerfield Fair is really cool. Um, favorite thing to buy in the fall? Flannels. Good answer. Favorite place to go in the fall? Apple picking. And your favorite fall scent is? Uh, like a cinnamon apple. Okay. R- really uh, good stuff there. Really, can, really I, can, I, can, I, can I change that final answer to just an apple cider donut? Because that is just essentially cinnamon and apple. Okay. There you go. Yeah. So, all right. Well, your turn to, your turn to turn around and fire away. All you, right, you can we'll go s- ten to one too, or you can you know go yeah, one. Yeah, to- we'll go t- we'll go ten to one for you too. Okay. All right, here we go. My favorite, my all time favorite thing about the fall is cooler weather. Agreed. Uh, my favorite thing to eat at Thanksgiving is stuffing. Good answer. My favorite Halloween costume I've ever worn is. Uh, a Batman full on Batman suit. Cool. Um, my favorite thing to watch in the fall is hockey. True, hockey season starting up. 
My favorite fall drink is uh, apple cider. Good, you're not basic. My favorite thing to listen to in the fall is Bob Sosie and Scott Zola. I call a Patriots game. My favorite way to spend weekends in fall is watching hockey or football. My favorite thing to buy in the fall is um, pumpkin beer. Oh, good Specific- answer, actually. Specifically answer. pumpkin head. Good answer. Good answer. My favorite place to go in the fall is Northern New Hampshire. Good answer as well. And last, my favorite fall scent is apple cider donut. Same as you. As soon as as soon as you said it, I knew we were going to agree on one thing. We agreed on a couple of things. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, that's true. Stuffing, good answer though for things to eat on things. I, I love, feel like we just. I feel I like we just stuffing. did the lightning stuffing round. Stuffing is so overrated, or underrated, I should say. I was gonna say, don't. Sorry, stuffing is so underrated. All right. So now that we're just on the topic of stuffing, what's the best way to prepare stuffing in your opinion? Okay. So see, I come my. My dad's side of the family is French Canadian. So my grandmother makes a meat stuffing. It's just essentially like ground uh ground pork, onions, and like little croutons. Oh, it's the best. Because then you take you take the stuffing, you take that, and then you pile the bread stuffing on top. And it's just a mound of stuffing on top of a mound of stuffing. And then you throw that on top of your potato or you mix it in with your potatoes. Sorry. Uh, you mix it in with the potatoes. Oh, mwah. chef's kiss. Sounds pretty good. Chef's kiss. I like it. Uh, you do this. You make the stuffing and then put some in the turkey. Okay. That's why I like the stuffing that comes out of the turkey when we do that. Okay. Uh, white or dark meat since we're on the topic. White. I'm not a dark meat guy. Really? Mm. Give me a leg all day long, baby. Give me a turkey leg, dude. So now, now that we're on that topic, I spent uh, I spent 15 minutes walking around the fucking Deerfield Fair to find the, the the massive fried turkey legs we have. Finally found a stand, sold out. No. Yep. Yep. Finally found a stand where they were selling the turkey legs, sold out. What a shame. So, guess I just wasn't meant to have a turkey leg till Thanksgiving. So, it just means that I'll enjoy that one that much more. So, but all right. So rapid fire fall fun is uh, over and done with. Um, Bill, are you a Game of Thrones fan? I was. Was is the term I'll use for it. Okay. So like you, when you say was like up until season eight or like just because it's no longer on air. Uh, up until season eight, I do believe that the last season of the show was not very good. It was garbage. Not very good. The worst part too is is that was my senior year of college, so we all watched it. We all gathered around the TV every Sunday night to watch it. Yeah, and it just got progressively worse and worse. I'll never forget. We we used to watch it in like a movie ambiance room, right? So, um, so when that episode came out of the of the of the the longest night for the winter war um yeah you know it, it's it, it just it we couldn't even watch it it literally was unwatchable because it was just so damn dark we tried turning up the brightness on the tv we tried doing everything and we just could not get it to work it was so frustrating yeah. well so 
earlier this week, the folks at HBO um, dropped the trailer for the prequel House of the Dragon. Um, and once again, it stirred up Game of Thrones, Twitter, social media, whatever you want to, whatever you want to talk. So, um, I'll play the audio here for folks at home. If you haven't seen it, go on and check it out. Um, really cool. Um, and it actually, it really looks like something that, um, I'll kind of, I'll, I'll, I'll be tuning into, uh, when it does end up dropping. So there it is again. If you haven't seen it, I do recommend you head on over to social media and or Twitter, wherever, wherever you can find it. I'm sure it's crawling all over the place now at this point, but really do go check it out. Very well put together. Um, Talks about, you know, goes back 200 years before the so on called present day Game of Thrones world that uh we all came to know when when we first are introduced to it in season one um it just shows a bunch of the targaryens um and it it, it actually it looks like it's going to be really well put together um hopefully the same you know care and attitude goes into that as it did the first you know seven seasons of game of thrones um because if it is then i this is going to be another another home run um, product put out by HBO. Um, Really looking forward to that. But my question for you, Bill, here is if you were in Game of Thrones and you could choose what house you wanted to be in, what house would you want to be in and why? I feel like this is a very easy answer. I feel like I know where you're going, and I think we're going to agree as to why it's a very easy answer as well. On the I would be three, in a Stark. One, oh, oh, sorry. Oh, okay. No, okay, go ahead. I would be in the Stark family. Oh, we're not. Oh. All right, who would you pick? Targaryens, man. Oh. Give me the dragons, dude. Yeah, but give me the North. Give me the respect. Give me the king of the North. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that that's, a fair, that's, a fair, that's a fair point, but when I show up on my fucking dragons, you know? Yeah, how do your fucking dragons turn out? Bitch. 
West Touché. side or North side. <laughs> look who look who look who ended up on the throne at the end of it all. A Stark baby. Fair point. What's Fair point. Um, but yeah, no, I I just as much as I like the Stark and I like the story the storylines that you know the Starks went through and all the shit that they had to deal with. Um just being a Targaryen kind of seems badass. It definitely is. I just like the Starks because I feel like they were like the most noble family, like the most respected family. And that's kind of what I'm all about, you know, just being respectful. Yeah. Getting that, getting that notoriety off your, uh, you know, being who you are, staying true to who you are. And, you know, although the, the Starks probably saw the most turmoil out of all the families, although all the families are turmoil at, at the end of it all. Absolutely. I think the Starks got the shittiest end of the stick, especially throughout the first like four or five seasons. Oh, I would even I would even go even shrink that window down and say through the first like two and a half. True. You know, um, just just thinking of some of the stuff that went on the first couple of seasons, it was like, are these guys ever going to catch a break? It's it's just it never seemed like it. Um, so, but, all right, but we got one thing left uh, on our agenda here this evening. Um, you like dinosaurs? Yeah, I do like dinosaurs. You like prehistoric cool. creatures? Yeah. Okay. Well, I got a good story for you. Um, this one we got to head out to uh, Michigan. The story comes to us uh at, from the Dinosaur Hill Nature Preserve. A six-year-old was walking with his family. Um, and he made a rare discovery, a 12,000-year-old mastodon tooth. Um, little kid goes, I just felt something on my foot, kind of grabbed it, and it kind of looked like a tooth. Uh, the young kid's name is Julian. Uh, Julian's parents allowed him to bring his discovery home, and the family took a closer look and realized it might indeed be a fossil. Uh, the family contacted the University of Michigan Museum of Paleontologists, which identified the discovery as the upper right molar of a juvenile mastodon, a species that lived in Michigan about 12,000 years ago. Uh, mammoth and mastodon fossils are relatively rare in Michigan, but compared to other places in the United States, there actually have been more occurrences, um, said Andrew Roundtree. The Paleontology Museum research uh, experts said that while both mammoths and mastodons are known to have lived in Michigan, discoveries are rare because the carcasses of the animals were usually taken by scavengers far before they could become fossils. The family donated the tooth to a museum, uh, which Julian said will be rewarded for his donated um, with a behind the scenes tour of the museum. Um, which is cool for him. I'm sure he, the little man's going to have the time of his life walking around, seeing all the dinosaur and prehistoric fossils like any uh, little kid likes to do. Uh, and it says, this has only fueled his passion for archaeology and paleontology. As far as he's concerned, this is his first discovery of his career. And now it's hard to dissuade him from picking up anything that he sees in the natural world. So good for little Julian. Sounds like the kid has his uh, head on straight and he really wants to know what he wants to do. So 
kudos to him because I think some of us in life now at our current points are still really trying to figure out what it is exactly we want to do with our careers. Um, but that's a really cool find to find a mastodon tooth, um, especially one of that age. Um, you know, it's yeah, that's wild. Wild and really old. So, Bill, my question for you is what is one prehistoric creature slash animal you wish still existed today? I think that it would be really cool for... I have two. I think that it would be cool for pterodactyls to still exist because we could fly them. And cheaper than flying airplanes. Hey, hey, fucking man. And uh, woolly mammoths are my other one because they're just hairy elephants. Okay. I I I was gonna go to I was gonna go down the uh, the woolly mammoth one, but because you because you made the call on that already, um, I'm gonna go with the saber tooth tiger um for what reason huh for what reason i'm a big tiger guy i like tigers so that's part of the reason and i don't know i just always i i, I just i like the look of the the two big fangs hanging down on the front side of the of uh of the face it's a cool looking logo i mean that's what the nashville predators use as their logo in the hockey world, you know, it's kind of cool. I like it. It's just, it's, and it's different. Um, that, or like you already said, the woolly mammoth, I think it'd be cool to see a fucking woolly mammoth. So hairy um, elephant, hairy elephant. Yeah. That's all it is, is a hairy elephant. So, um, saber tooth tiger by far would be my choice. And then, uh, Woolly Mammoth closely behind, mainly because uh, the movie Ice Age. What are the two main characters? Manny is the Woolly Mammoth, and Diego is a saber-toothed tiger. Well, how are you gonna let? How are you gonna say Sid is not a main character or not? Well, no, 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 I know, I know that, but I'm saying like those are the first two characters that we're introduced to. No, is Manny and Diego? What do we meet Manny and Sid first? I forget. I. Don't remember that. I can't remember. Yeah, but either way, that would be uh, that would be the choices here for uh, for Bill and I, and that is also going to be our discussion poll of the week. So perfect time because Bill, we haven't done it at all. We've just been kind of flying along and you know sharing our thoughts here. Um, again, head on over to Instagram. Find us at Chaos on the Rocks Pod. Find us on Twitter at Chaos O T R underscore Pod. Um, find Bill at B Yamin, and you can find me at Ian Bo. Uh, reach out, let us know. Again, you can head on over to Instagram, take part in our poll. Uh, that is where we'll have this discussion topic for you for the week. Um, what prehistoric creature do you wish was still around today or still existed today, um, and why? You know, um. Are you a big elephant fan and would like to see a woolly mammoth? Are you a big tiger fan like me and would like to see saber tooth tigers? Um, you know, let us know. We want to hear from you. And uh, again, be sure to hit that follow button. Be sure to hit that like button and subscribe button. Hit all the buttons. You know, you can also find Bill on Twitch at What Do You Mean TV as well. 
No, you cannot. I don't no. stream anymore. I don't stream oh. anymore. I haven't streamed for like four weeks. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, if you were a true fan, you'd know. Well, oh, get exposed. You haven't. You actually exposed. haven't posted anything saying get that you will exposed. no longer be streaming. So, yeah. If anybody cared, they would have asked. Yeah. Well, I just thought it was kind of you were still in the process of figuring out where and how you were going to set up your streaming rooms and all that. Um. Uh, no, I mean, if, if I'm going to be candid about it, honestly, uh, this legit is the first time I've addressed it. Um, no, nah, I just, you know, with with a couple of new podcast opportunities opening up and, you know, kind of just starting the new job and everything like that. It's, it's hard to find time yeah. for it. Um, so just haven't found time for it. And kind of like, you know, I know I just obviously was joking around, but, you know, people really haven't been asking about it. And, you know, I, I, not, not to say that made me feel pretty bad about it, but, you know, at the same time, it's like, oh, well. You know, if nobody's asking for it, then nobody's missing it. So it doesn't make me feel bad not doing it. Oh, okay. Well, um, go ahead and find him on Twitter at B, you mean. Um, and Bill Walrider, why don't you tell people your other shows? Sure. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll plug the other pods. Why not? Yeah. Um, so I have a wrestling podcast as well called Top of the Cage. We just interviewed uh, Chase Del Monte. Uh, Chase Del Monte is a uh, chaotic wrestling uh, former champion, as well as he is the owner and booker of the Federation, as well as he is the uh, part owner and trainer of the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. So pretty cool to have him on. He was a really cool guy. Good conversation with him. I said like 15 words in the whole conversation. My partner took over most of it, but hey, it was a good interview. And then uh, the other one I do is with friend of the pod, Flanny. That one is called My Dad's a Chef. Uh, my Dad's a Chef is a food podcast uh, in reference to both my and Kyle's dad being chefs. Uh, last night, actually, a little uh, spoiler here. Actually, the episode will probably post the same day as this podcast will post. Uh, we will be interviewing uh, Warren Means, who is the owner and part chef of the uh, Modern Butcher in Newburyport, Mass. Dude, so, that place is awesome. Yeah. Warren is a really cool interview. Uh, it was emotional. It was powerful. You know, we talked a lot about small businesses and how butcher shops, you know, are kind of, you know, a, an art that you don't really see too much anymore. And how, you know, if, if more people are aware of it, there's going to be more business and more competition and lower prices. And he just, you know, he was a really cool dude. I That's that's all I have to say about it, man. You're going to have to listen to that as yeah, well. For sure. Dude, if if, if I had it, I prefer to go to like a butcher shop and get my cut of meat from, from someone that, you know, knows he's getting the best quality you know, yeah, product that, that was a big thing. Yeah, that was a big thing for him was talking about how he knows where his animals come from. He's working with local farms to, you know, they're all, you know, as humanely butchered as they possibly can be. You know, he knows that they're raised right, that they're treated right. Yeah. And, you know, it's all locally sourced, uh, you know, environmentally friendly fed. And, you know, it, it's a cool operation that he has right now. He gets into it in the podcast a little bit. And it's it's interesting. It's, it's a side of, of food that you don't see too often or don't hear yeah. about too often. So I, mean, I was I'm excited to kind of produce it and post it. And, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully does well for us. Awesome. Well, don't forget, you can go on and uh, check out Bill's other shows as well. Um, you know, like we do here, a lot of great stuff coming with, uh, with both of those shows. There is no doubt. Um, in my mind when it comes to that uh, bill any closing thoughts or words here for the people as we head into the long columbus day weekend um i hope you all enjoy your columbus day weekend that's long because i will not i have to work on monday so 
Uh, I hope that if anybody has a drink on Sunday night, the football games, that you have an extra one for me. Which, um, speaking of, just before we, again, real quick here, um, we wouldn't be football fans if we didn't. Um, what, um, what you're just general to uh, last Sunday night's football game with uh, the return of Tom. What I think of it? Yeah. What, what were your thoughts? You know, you know, were you, did you, you know, did you get emotional watching him out there? You know, was it, was it weird? You know, I'm, I mean, we know it was weird. You know, yeah, seeing it was him out there. Weird. Um, I, I didn't get that emotional because it was a close game. I thought Mac Jones played very well for, you know, being the kid going against a pretty good Tampa Bay team. And I thought, honestly, Tom played worse than I expected him to. Um, yeah, the kid outplayed Tom. There's no I, doubt. Yeah. I genuinely feel that way as well. Um, you know, I thought I thought the Bucs were going to win by 50. They ended up, ended up winning by what, two, three? Two, 19-17. Yep. So, uh, I mean, the Pats had a chance to win it right at the end. Um, they did. Yeah. But it was just, yeah, like you said, it, it was weird seeing Tom on the field at Gillette wearing a different team's colors. Yeah, and I will say uh, to everybody that went to that game, like I, people paid what twelve hundred bucks a ticket for that. Dude, game I saw for the people. I, I know. I know people that sold when this game first came out. They sold their tickets and paid for next season's season tickets already with that money. And it was a crappy game. Not only not only the quality, the of the crappy game night. Itself. All right, that's what I'm saying. It was rainy, cold, raw. Like that's just a New England. That's like when you think of like New England, like that's on like the lower spectrum of nights in New England. There, yeah. Those are those nights are more frequent than infrequent, um, especially this time of the year. So, but anyways, hey, the record is what the record is. Patriots are one and three. Got to move on on to Houston, and uh, like I said, enjoy your long weekend. Enjoy your football on Sunday as usual. Um, hope everyone's fantasy teams come through for them. Well, actually, I hope everyone's does, but I mean that that can't exactly be the case because then every person ever would win, and that's not how fantasy football works. Like some team has to win, some team has to lose. Um, but you know, if unless you're going against a fellow listener out there, I hope your uh, fantasy football weekends go well. Enjoy the long weekend, and remember, life is always better with a drink on the rocks. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. But there's no sound that no one knows What does the fox say? Ding, ding.